0: Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Midrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah on the weekly Parsha from our Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Aviva Richmond. Let's listen. One mitzvah at a time. Parsha Naso includes the ritual of Sota. A husband brings his wife, whom he suspects of adultery, to the Mikdash, the sanctuary where a Kohen gives her a potion of cursed waters that either acquit her or punish her. From our earliest sages to the present moment, many nuanced interpretations of this anomalous and troubling ritual have emerged. In this Dvar Torah, we'll focus on one rabbinic principle that applies to the procedure of Sota but has much wider implications for other rituals and paves the way towards a theology of mitzvot embedded in honoring the dignity of each individual. The Talmud asks whether one sota ritual could be used for two suspected adulteresses at the same time. Why not save water and the divine name and have them both drink from one potion? In response, the Talmud raises a concern that we should not bundle mitzvot together. Enosim mitzvot, chavilot chavilot, And it brings a raita and earlier teaching to support this claim. We do not give two suspected adulteresses to drink, like one. We do not purify two lepers as one. And the list goes on. At face value, it looks like this principle of not bundling mitzvot already exists more generally. Yet the origins and meaning of this principle are complex. When we trace the development of this concept, we find that there are actually a number of different reasons to be concerned about an approach to mitzvot based in quote-unquote efficiency. In its earliest form, it seems that the main concern about efficiency wasn't really about bundling mitzvot, but about bundling people. In an earlier version of the B'raita quoted in the Talmud, it lists similar rituals that can be performed as two-in-one, but it does not have the framing language. We don't bundle mitzvot. The list suggests that there is a problem of combination with these specific cases where ritual interfaces with an individual at a particularly charged moment in their lives. The ritual means to achieve some kind of coming to terms for the individual, a reckoning with the accusation of adultery, diagnosis, or healing for a person with Sarat skin disease. Elders coming to terms with an unsolved murder in their precinct. The idea that one accomplishes two at once would entirely undermine how ritual works. The mitzvah is designed to bring a person's experience into full view for the individual or community to sink into the complex feelings contained in this moment. To attempt two-in-one denies the intensity and the subjectivity of this experience and instead leads to a sense of being in a factory assembly line of formulaic motion. From these origins that are really about not bundling people while performing a ritual for an individual we see a shift towards the principle of not bundling mitzvot to the list we find in the earlier sources the talmud adds the frame that the concern is about not bundling mitzvot now the concept takes on a life of its own and in other sources we see that it is applied to mitzvot more broadly including to mitzvot that have nothing to do with individual people such as including two different concepts in one final phrase of a blessing. How does this leap work? If there is no longer an issue of honoring individuals in intense life moments, what is the problem with an efficient approach to mitzvot? Rashi explains that doing two mitzvot at once makes it look like you are trying to get the mitzvah over with, that each mitzvah is a burden one wants to shrug off. The idea of not bundling mitzvot. Reflects a theology of savoring rather than just bearing or tolerating. It's vote. We can use this frame to understand the end of our parsha, Parashat Naso, where the Torah separately lists the sacrifices brought by each head of the twelve tribes besides the Levites, for the dedication of the altar in the Mishkan. They all give the same gift. It would have been much more efficient to bundle this section rather than wasting words to list each gift separately but listing them separately reflects how God savors each and every gift. When we imagine the head of each tribe bringing a gift in the newly constructed Mishkan, it is a turning point after members of their tribe participated in the sin of the golden calf. There must be such a mix of guilt, relief, and homecoming in bringing these gifts forward. God meets each korban with a unique intention and focus, just as each person who brings a korban has a unique life circumstance and feelings from which the offering emerges. We can think of mitzvot as parallel to karbanot, not being bundled together, but representing unique acts of devotion and attention. Mitzvot are about taking advantage of an opportunity to express how much we savor being in relationship with God, not checking things off of the list as quickly as possible. The Talmud applies this principle not only to mitzvot writ large, but also to learning Torah, teaching that if one bundles their Torah It will diminish. Rashi explains that this is someone who takes in new material, but doesn't review it. One might think they have harvested bundles and bundles of Torah, but instead their learning disappears. Beyond the quantitative perspective, not to learn too much too quickly, there is something deeper here in what it means to learn Torah. Torah can function like the rituals of the Mikdash in the earlier sources we saw. It can meet us in the intensity of our lives and hold the complexity of each moment's experiences. Torah is to be savored as we encounter it in moments of joy, difficulty, and transition. If we bundle up too much learning altogether, it might not actually intersect with our lives and experiences. Like the leper who feels reduced to an object on an assembly line, we might end up with a transactional practice of Torah and mitzvot. We have traced the development of the concept of not bundling mitzvot and instead paying attention to each mitzvah individually. The origins of this principle stem from mitzvot as a means for paying close attention to people as individuals go through moments in life that require specific rituals. When we become aware of these roots, it can inform the way we practice mitzvot. Although the concept of not bundling people shifts into a concern about not bundling mitzvot, this does not mean that our attention to individual mitzvot should take over our attention to individual people. Rather, love and care for each mitzvah can and must be fully intertwined with bringing our attention more fully towards love and care of individual people and their stories. We'll close with a meditative melody that is used for Adonulam in some Hasidish communities. Ay-yay-yay. Ay 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 This episode of Tashma was produced by Jeremy Tabak and Sam Greenberg. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you.